Ladies and gentlemen, this is a line mask. And the cat. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about I was being discriminated when driving to Oklahoma. But first, before we get into that, we, for the first time ever, are being sponsored. Yay. We are being sponsored by the energy drink called Dubby. Dubby is an energy drink loaded with vitamins and nootropics. They formulated Dubby for anyone who wants to focus without jitters or a crash. Just mix one round scoop with a six to eight ounces of cold water and shake. Unlike other energy drinks in their category, they pride themselves on actually developing a clean energy formula that is free from fillers, Malta Dirksen, I probably butcher that, I don't know how you can say that, and artificial coloring. Now, me myself, I have tried this. I have tried the Dragonade and what is that one called again? Galaxy Grenade. Galaxy Grenade. So, me personally, I like the Dragonade. I have I like tried this Galaxy one because that grenade is like grenade, boosh. That one actually has a really good flavor. Um, it's a little fruity, so is this one, but it has a little more dragon fruit flavor into it. I think that's why it's called Dragonade. <laughs> yeah, I like the grenade. I just like the sound of it. So, it doesn't have jitters. You will not feel any crashes. I tried them. They taste really good, and it gives me really focused when it comes to making content or doing videos. So, use code MASK526 on your order and you will get 10% off. Go order now. So without further ado, let's get into the story. So yes, a couple weeks ago, I was actually driving to Oklahoma. Ain't that like cornland? Where they grow all the corn. What are you doing there? Driving in cornland. Well, unfortunately, I actually didn't see any corn. It was just like in any other city. Oh. Like, oh, this is a little disappointing. I but, thought um, that shit was like corn central. But um, here's the kicker. I didn't really start driving until like around 8 at night. And I forgot what the little town is called. We haven't... It was also me and my cousin. Keep in mind. So it was right. me and my cousin. We were both driving out there to drop off a car for his brother. So, we reached to a little town. We haven't even left Arizona yet. We're still in Arizona at this point. Okay. And I was the one who was driving. I'll admit, I was speeding. I was getting into town kind of fast because I was barely getting off the highway. How fast were you going? The speed limit was like 45. I was going at least 65. No, not too bad. I thought you were going to say you were driving like at 90 miles down the road or some shit. Oh, that's fucking need for speed. <laughs> right there. So, as I was rolling in, out of nowhere, there was one of those cop cars hiding in the behind the side. Oh, man, that shit's the worst where they got like the little radar guns and shit. Yep. So, luckily, we're actually pulling over to a gas station, but he pulled over. Not next to us, but he basically parked on the other side of the gas station. And my cousin was telling me, like, hey, um, don't look, but as soon as we leave, I bet you that fucking cop car is going to pull us over. Right. So we got our gas. We start pulling out. And sure enough, yeah, he did pull me over. And I was thinking, you know what? He, thought he probably pulled me over because I was speeding. But here's the kicker. He did not pull me over because I was speeding. Oh, why'd he pull you over then? He pulled me over because as as we were leaving the gas station, I guess before you drive off, 
even this is what he said too even though there isn't a stop sign you're supposed to stop before you reach the sidewalk and then you can go that was the reason why he pulled me over wait i'm pretty sure like uh there needs to be a stop sign or at least a yield sign uh sounds like he's making shit up but uh that's what i was thinking too i was just thinking like doesn't really make sense to me because if i was supposed to stop wouldn't there be a stop sign sign. yeah or at least a yield sign like yield to traffic or some shit but there was no sign at all so and there was no cars because because again this was basically well when we got into the city i think it was already like 11 11 at night 11 p.m okay so it was like you know there was no cars around at all so as he was explaining this me and me and my cousin we were being respectful we were like yes officer of course officer thank you officer you weren't doing the office the ossifer part <laughs> yes no, ossifer because I, I didn't want to get into trouble because you, know, you don't want to get a beat are, down right these cops don't fucking take jokes so again i was the one driving he asked me to step out of the car so as i step out of the car he was asking me, you know, the basics, like, do you guys have any drugs, weapons, anything illegal? I don't know. We don't have anything illegal. He's like, are you sure you don't have anything illegal? Like, yes, officer, we don't have anything illegal. He's like, because I'm going to be honest with you. You two are acting suspicious. And What's so suspicious about getting gas? I have no idea. Again, this is basically discrimination. So I was, like, asking him... Okay, how are we ask, How are we being suspicious? And it's like you guys are just acting suspicious. Like, like you sure you guys don't have any drugs or anything? And I'm pretty sure suspicion upon itself is not a crime. <laughs> like suspicious of what? Just this being suspicious isn't enough to like pull you over. You gotta be like suspicious of doing drugs, suspicious of driving fast or driving drunk or something like that. Exactly. When a cop is just saying, "Oh, you're acting suspicious," that means they're just bullshitting. That's what I'm thinking. It's like. Because if he had a reason, he would have been like, oh, I think you're, like, selling drugs, or I think you're, like, drunk driving drunk, or or something like that. That's what I'm thinking, too, because I'm, like, thinking, like, I'm, like, thinking, like, somebody could act suspicious, but it's, like, what if that's just who they are? This is, like, they, they have, like, some sort of medical problem that makes right. them act in a certain way. So, as we were talking, a couple cars drove past us. And out of nowhere, it started to smell like weed in the air. Hmm. So, again, I'm the one outside. My cousin is still in the car. Right. So, as we were talking, we started smelling we started smelling weed in the air. And he's asking me, is he smoking weed right now? Now, keep in mind, my cousin doesn't smoke at all. He doesn't even smoke cigarettes or anything. So, I told him, no, he, he doesn't even smoke. He's like, you're sure? Because I smell weed in the air. I told him, like, look, look, I'm not going to deny it. I smell it, too. But he doesn't smoke at all. Yeah, like, it must have been one of those cars driving by. And that's the funny thing. He, go, I don't know where he starts getting pissed and said, come on, dude, there's only three of us out here. And that's when I told him that, too. I was like, no, it wasn't. A couple of cars just drove past us. So as far as we all can tell, it was them. And then he goes... I don't know where he goes like okay dude what kind of drugs are you guys hiding i'm like dude we don't have any drugs what makes you and well i didn't ask him but when he said what kind of drugs we have i asked him what makes you think we have drugs and he didn't want to freaking answer that or 
I'm sorry, again, I didn't ask him that because I'm like thinking this cop is just trying to try to make me do something or say something stupid. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm getting arrested. So he started to ask me, all right, well, can I search your car? And this wasn't my car. This was his brother's car. So I was like, hey, you know what? This is more of his car than it is mine. So do you just want to ask him? And he goes, well, since you were the one who was driving, I got to ask you. And I was going to tell him no, but before I could even answer, he goes, okay, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Even if you tell me no right now, I'm just going to detain you two until I get a search warrant. I'm just like, son of a fucking bitch. Right. And especially when you got shit to do and it's like late at night. That just gets annoying. Like we're driving to Oklahoma. So it, it took us like at least, I think it took us like 15 to 16 hours to get there. Mm, damn. So, I told him, all right, fine, go ahead. And he ended up calling his supervisor for, or I wouldn't really say his supervisor. He called, like, another cop, I guess, to keep an eye on us while he searches the car. And as, as he's asking my cousin to come out, all of a sudden he's like, look, I need to pat you down, make sure you don't have any weapons or drugs. He didn't pat me down. He didn't say shit to me. So I'm like, that's fucking weird, all right. So the second cop comes, you know, here's the thing that got me worried. This guy was so determined that we had drugs. Right. I was almost, con- I, literally the first thing that popped my mind was, this is one of those fucking cops that plants drugs. Yeah, probably. Because, you know, so there's there's some cops out there that don't like to be wrong. And if if they think you have drugs, they will find drugs, even if they had to put them in there. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. And then here in Arizona, we recently passed a law. I don't know if it took effect yet. I think we still got another while, or it probably already did took effect. But we recently passed a law that that you cannot record the cops. Right, yeah. And I looked into it. It's bystanders. Bystanders cannot record the cops. But if the cops are talking to you, you can record them just as much. Uh, but another fucking suspicious thing like okay you can record cops but if they're searching your car that's when you gotta turn the cameras off that's a little bit weird that's straight up suspicious it's uh-huh. like they, so it's like you're telling me that you know this cop has drugs and all he can do is plant the drugs therefore he can say like oh yeah he had drugs right and the thing is it can switch off their body cams and shit <laughs> It's so fucking weird they do that shit too. Like, they know they're about to do something illegal when and they then, turn the cameras off. Yep. And it's funny that you say that too because, um, so I saw this video. Right. About this, um, cop lady getting yelled at because she was telling the sergeant that he's doing something wrong and he got hella pissed at that. And she got, like, up to her face and, like, basically pushed her to a wall. And then I guess that's when the you know the cameras turn off. Huh. And out of nowhere, they're like, "Yeah, um, there's like an investigation." It's like, "What is there to fucking investigate?" There's footage of him yelling at the girl, pushing her against the wall. What is there to investigate? I think I saw a video like that. Was it the one where like uh, like the lady cop like uh, 
Because it was like a sergeant guy or whatever that was beating up a prisoner who was handcuffed. And then like the lady cop was like, no, don't do that. And then he got mad and like choked her. Or was that like a different video? I don't remember. It's been a while. I saw a video like that where like the guy got up right in her face and actually grabbed her by the throat. And started yelling in her face. I don't know. These fucking, you know, it's like nowadays these cops are more considered as a gang than... Oh yeah. Enforcements. Yeah, and then they they you know uh, they put like the the token like uh, like black cop or like the LGBT cop on the posters or whatever to say mm-hmm. oh yeah we're different but it's like that's the same beatdowns and shit as before. So, rewinding a few steps back to the story. Um, so again, like he asked us like one more time like okay you guys sure you don't have any drugs or weapons. Keep in mind, um, so the reason why we we're also delivering the car is because his brother moved to Oklahoma, so, you know, we right. were, like, helping, so we did gather some of his shit okay. to just transfer there. So keep in mind that, that I have no idea what was in that car. Right. Oh, shit, so, I was going to find a whole bag of weed <laughs> or some shit. Uh, oh, you'll see, you'll see. All so, right. So... He asked me, like, you guys don't have any weapons or any drugs, right? And I told him, look, as far as I know, we don't have any of that. You know, uh, so I'm guessing he's not the kind of cop that you want to pull the, oh, we got Coke in the back prank, <laughs> and then it's just a bunch of, like, Coca-Cola bottles. <laughs> those, those fucking cops are insane. So as he's searching the car, it turns out my cousin, he had... I want to say he had over a thousand dollars worth of bullets in the back seats. Hmm. Like it was so, like, like a box of one thousand bullets, because you know what? What? what uh, when? When? What is this? Well, this one, like, when like a box of bullets cost like a dollar each <laughs> per bullet, or is that like more recent? No, this is like probably more recent. But like, oh, no, okay, I'm talking so. about like we had shotgun shells, we had bullets for pistols, rifles, God. snipers. We literally had almost, almost every gun made bullets. In the car? Oh, yeah. I, I guess cops find that suspicious, even though, you know, there's a thing called a Second Amendment, and there's, like, a lot of dudes who have way more shit in their closets than that. Like, I mean, I don't want to have myself here, but I may have, have several ammo cans worth in my it's closet. It's that you mentioned that. So, I've seen some videos of, you know, cops killing african-americans that because they supposedly have they have a gun right but, but it's like, like okay aren't we allowed to have guns i'm pretty sure like there's a little thing called the constitution the uh, second amendment on there that says that we can exactly. so why do they treat that shit like it's illegal and then people who support the cops going along with it oh yeah he had a gun i'm like so what like, there's okay. literally a law that's a federal law that supersedes every other law because part of the Constitution that says we can. That's what I'm thinking, too. It's like, it's like, okay, he has a gun, but did he pull it out? Right. Did he point it at you? Does his finger, was his finger on the trigger? Well, you know, like, like uh, I think I saw, like, a comedian or something once say that, like, black people apparently have, like, dangerous voodoo hands or something. <laughs> where they point at something like, oh, that's dangerous voodoo, so shoot him. But yeah, like, yeah, I've seen those videos where people have, like, phones in their hands and then they get shot. Like, oh, he had a gun. Like, nah, it's a phone. And I'm like thinking, like, these cops are supposed to be trained of 
like think fast or like see what they have and that's what I don't know it's just I don't I'm not 100% sure how the process works when it comes to the police academy but I thought you know you're trained to know what to do next within a split second I think it's like the differences between like training between academies and then training within the field because in the academies they probably train you how like uh the standards how like for example uh, what police standards are because you know like police have procedures that in their handbooks that they got to follow but then like out on the street they don't follow that shit <laughs> they do well they do whatever their training officers allow them to do or their like sergeants allow them to do so they got like a bad sergeant then you're gonna have bad cops if they have like a good sergeant you're probably gonna have a uh, better cops it, 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 it all depends on like uh because they, you know, they have like their training officers train them to what they're like the state or local city says that they got to do. So like, hey, you got to do this. You got to do this other stuff. You got to shoot somebody until the threat stops. But then in the, when you're out there and their training officer like, oh, no, you just shoot this motherfucker until he stops moving and no longer breathing. Because otherwise he's going to kill you because, you know, they, they, they instill fear in them. Like everyone's out to kill you. Everyone's out to kill you. It was like. Is, but that's not really the case. Like, every, if you treat everyone with like they're out to kill you, then you're just a paranoid, and you shouldn't be a cop at all. Right. Because there's like cops who will come up to you, be on nice, and then there's other cops who be like, "You're out to kill me. I'm gonna kill you first. It's like, brother, you shouldn't be a cop. Then if you think if you're really that scared, go do something else. Go uh, work in uh, I don't know, fucking uh, where somewhere you don't get killed. I want to select daycare, but apparently you can get killed there too. It's just it's just a sad world that we come into that we now consider cops more of a gang than someone that we can rely on. Oh man, there's actual us. gangs in cops. Uh, I was seeing like a documentary about like like the uh, L.A. County sheriffs having like an actual gang in there and as part of the sheriff's department. Or yeah, I heard or I seen shows like that too, like a dirty cop or like. It's a crazy world. We'll right. leave it at that. Yeah, we... yeah, I mean, heck, even our military has gangs. Apparently, there's like Crips and Bloods in the army. Oh, and and like KKK members in the in the 82nd Airborne or whatever. Hmm. Uh, what a world that we live in. Right, like you would think that that kind of shit's is uh, screen in the background, but uh, I guess no one wants to be join the army or join the police so they just get whoever wants to join in regardless <laughs> of the criminal background that's what it seems like these days it, it does actually for anyone that's just fucking trigger happy they'll right, just like, you right there like you want to be a cop yeah I want to be a cop here you go have a badge go do your thing cause like uh, when you like like a lot of people these days you know they don't want to be cops they don't want to go into the army or none of that shit you ask people like no, I don't want to do that. I just want to go play Call of Duty and be a Twitch streamer. <laughs> that's what everyone wants to do. Because, <laughs> you know, that's where the big money is at, where they want to be a TikTok star. Yeah, but it's like almost nearly impossible because you got to somehow pop out more than the other. You got to somehow be bigger than the other person. Which is why you got people doing all kinds of crazy shit, like, you know, opening milk cartons and drinking them, licking ice cream shit. <laughs> Uh, filming themselves at work, uh, preparing subways while putting their feet on the ingredients or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's 
fucking disgusting. Yeah, people just... We, we live in a crazy world where everybody's just crazy. Or they just want their five seconds of fame. Uh-huh. <sighs> Again, what a world. <laughs> world. What a world. But, um, yeah, that was my story of how I was discriminated just by driving to Oklahoma. Well, I don't think we kind of finished the story. We, got, we, we were just getting to the good part where... They were searching the vehicle. I think you said they eventually did find like so okay, what, what yeah, oh, the, yeah. the so, bullets. We were kind of getting to that, but we okay, were yeah. so going back to the story. Yeah, so he found the bullets. My cousin was explaining to him like, "Oh yeah, he's a gun collector, but we don't have any of the guns." And you know, the rest of the it was just like junk, like you know, right, like pictures or you know whatever you would normally see in a normal home. And then finally. He just let us go. He was like, all right, well, again, this is just a warning, so you're free to go. And I'm just thinking, like, because I'm not going to lie. As I was talking to him, I have seen some, like, you know, lawyer stuff. There was right. like, hey, um, when a cop pulls you over and he says this, this is what you say. Or if he try to do this, this is what you do. Here is the legal term of what a dirty cop is going to try to do to you, and you can get away scot-free. But what? I'm, like, thinking, okay... But due to the color of my skin, it's not going to fly by. He's going to plant fucking drugs. I had a feeling he had drugs and he was about to plant them. I don't know what changed his mind, but ugh, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I can't say that I have my own uh, stories with the police. I've, thankfully, I've yet to have a bad encounter with the police. That was my first time ever right. a bad encounter. You know all it takes is just that one bad encounter and all of a sudden you apparently people hate the cops for the rest of their lives. I'm not saying all cops are bad people. Some of them are, but... Some of them, yeah. They're just... They just give them a bad name. That's mm -hmm. how I look at it. It's like, don't really give certain people or certain whatever, like, think like, okay, this person just happens to fall into the category of whatever, therefore, they're all bad. It's like, no, it's just that one person. Sure, there might be a couple more, but that doesn't mean they're all bad. There are some good ones. Right. The thing is, you know, we only tend to remember the bad encounters with people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like a thing, like, you know, people have bad encounters with the police, so then they're like, oh, yeah, all cops are bad. And same thing, vice versa. The cops will have one bad encounter with, like, a black person, and they're like, all oh, black people are bad. <laughs> it's like, no. Fuck you, not all everybody is bad. Exactly. And when you treat that, and that's kind of like a thing, because a lot of like a lot of cops be like, oh, the people treat us bad. Like, yeah, well, you treat the people bad. If you encounter, like I, from what I said before, if you're out there thinking everyone's out to kill you, everyone's out to get you, and you're doing bad shit, uh, maybe don't be a cop anymore. And I'm just thinking too, like, I don't know if you noticed this, or I don't know if you've seen this, but I've been lately seeing that I've been seeing like videos. Basically, they're trying to provoke the cop. Oh yeah, a lot of people do that too. And they're they I think they call themselves like First Amendment auditors or whatever the fuck. It's like just because you have a First Amendment right to like record and do shit, don't doesn't mean don't be an asshole. You know, I've seen yeah people go up with like a video and go up to the cops like telling hey fuck you pig, and then the cops obviously get mad and have a reaction like oh I got you on camera I'm gonna sue you I'm gonna sue you you pig. Fuck you, all cops are bastards or some shit like that. Like, dude, that's just weird. Don't do that shit. Or, like, 
they look like they're doing something illegal, but at the same time, they're not doing something right. illegal. Oh, and yeah, the thing that pissed like, me off the most of those videos, you got, like, because uh, people will go up to, like, people's houses, start filming them or shit, and then the homeowners obviously get mad, so they call the cops. And then the cops come, and then, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not doing anything illegal. You can't uh, hold me. Uh, fuck you. Fuck the homeowner or whatever. This is going on YouTube. <laughs> like, that's just an asshole. And then you can't do anything about it. And then if you go up to them, like, because I've seen people that try and confront them, they're like, I'm going to beat you up. And then the people's like, how would I beat you up? And they're like, oh, you threatened me, you threatened me. He's like, you threatened the dude first. Dude, you're at that point breaking the law. But, you know, they edit that shit out and stuff. Exactly. It's so fucking funny. Like, the same people that, you know, they're trying to say, like, oh, cops are bad. Cops are evil. But yet, when something something fucking really bad is about to happen to them, who's the first people they're going to call? The cops. Exactly. They want to say, like, well, we don't need cops. We didn't get rid of the cops. But as soon as they're being threatened, they need the cops. Oh, yeah. We say some stuff, but, you know, we know that uh, the police is is necessary, you know, and stuff. That's why I don't agree with the whole, like, defund the police and all that shit. Like, what they need to do is get better training and, like, better screening of applicants. Because there's, like, a lot of dudes who don't need to be cops. Exactly. Who are cops. I think what it is is that back then, there was, like, a... I want to say, like, a strict rule or... I forgot what it was called. But basically, it was, like, really hard to get into the academy because they were, like, super strict. They were, like... They're like, no, we need sharp minds. We need like, you know, per- we need people who are you, proactive. You know what changed it all? The war on terror. It, it changed everything. Like, what war- do you mean? Well, I don't know about you, but like, growing up there, we used to have community policing where cops would just like patrol neighborhoods, walk around, you know, get to know the kids and do that. You don't got cops doing that nowadays. Mm-hmm. All they do is sit around in, in cop in their cop cars, you know. Uh, they only come around when, when bad shit happens. Yeah, but people don't like that anymore. They're like, oh, we don't need that. We don't need this. But it's like, oh, once you get rid of them, that's when shit right. goes down. And then, like, after 9-11 and all that shit, like, cops change from, like, your friendly neighborhood patrolman to your uh, local uh, anti-terror dude who's looking out for dudes committing terrorism. I want to say, too, is that people who say defund the police or we don't need the police, they live in a fantasy world that the world's not that bad. Meanwhile, you got people who live in ghetto areas where their houses are almost constantly getting robbed, like right. at least once a week. Or, you know, they they feel like their life is threatening just by stepping out of their own homes. So when you get rid of the cops, how do you think they're going to feel or how do you think that area is going to be? Once the cops are completely gone. Now, it's probably going to get worse and it's going to spill over to the good areas. Because if you notice, like, the people who, like, defund the police, they live in pretty nice neighborhoods. Exactly. That's like, what I say. Like, they live in a fantasy that the world's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hello, Thursday. Again, by Dubby, the energy drink. <laughs> yep. We're totally drinking Dubby. <laughs> But before we close this out, my conclusion is like just because I had a bad experience with that cop, I still don't say, I still say don't fund the, pol- defund the police. 
don't get rid of the police. We still need them. We still like kind of semi support them. We're not like, oh, one of those bootlickers who like they can't do anything wrong, but we're not those people who like defund them and shit. Exactly. I say just get rid of the bad, keep the goods. That's all. Exactly. That's all there is to this. This isn't like a bash to all police out there. This is just like a story that was being told about a, a one bad encounter. So before we close this out, any last words? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right. Again, this was a lying mask and the cat. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Why indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a lion mask. And the cat. And today's episode, we are going to talk about the serial killer, David Berkowitz. 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 I think I, that's how you say that name. But before we get into that, you heard of him. I talked about him. Our sponsor, Dubby. Dubby is an energy drink loaded with vitamins and nootropics. They formulated Dubby for anyone who wants to focus without jitters or a crash. Just mix one round scoop with, with six to eight ounces of cold water and shake. Unlike other energy shake, drinks shake, shake. in their shake category, it. they pride themselves on actually developing shake clean energy formula that is free from fillers, maltodextrin, and artificial flavors. Again, me personally, I have tried Dragonade and galaxy grenade me personally i prefer the dragonade and it tastes really good and it gives me energy with no jitters and no crashes use code mask 526 and you will get 10 percent off your order i'll put it in the description below support the channel click the link all, all right. right so that was david bokeris date of birth june 1st 1953 dude's old yeah, he is, and he's still alive. Alias's nickname, Son of Sam, Richard David Falco, that's his birth name, and the 44 caliber killer. I'm guessing he used 44s to kill people. Yeah, that's, that's what he sure did. Um, characteristic, neighbor dog ordered him to kill him. Huh? That's right. It, the neighbor's dog was the reason why he started killing, because apparently... It talked to him and said to start killing. So I was like, woof, woof, kill people, woof, woof. Bad, Scooby, bad. Number of victims, six. Date of murders, 1976 to 1977. Date of arrest, August 10th, 1977. Murder method, as his nickname was, shooting. Crime location, New York City. S status, Sentenced to three life sentences without parole. Alright, we got that intro out of the way. So we are now gonna enter the background <coughs> the background segment. So David Brokeritz, whose birth name was actually Richard David Falco, was born in New York. Falco. <laughs> Is isn't that like a crime boss in like uh Batman? Is it? I don't know. I'm not really much of a, a Batman person, but I mean I know who Batman is, I know some of the bad guys, but I wouldn't really consider myself as a fan. Um, he was born in New York in 1953 to Elizabeth Broder and her married lover, Joseph Kleinman. His mother chose to give him the surname Falco, which was the name of her ex-husband. Nobody knows why she decided to do this, but theories have included that 
that Clangman may have threatened her not to use his surname since he was already married. Oh, he didn't want to get find find out, huh? Yeah, I just. Which is like, hey, I get it. You know, you want to get find out. Obviously, don't give somebody else's child your own last name. Well, I think it was his kid. You think it was his kid? Well, sister, I hear that the mother was Elizabeth's brother, and the father was uh, the married guy, Joseph Kilman. But she decided to give him the uh, surname of her ex-husband, not the dude who was the dad. Oh, that is actually an interesting theory. I didn't think of that. But um, Berkowitz was given up for adoption. A couple named Nathan and Pearl Berkowitz, who owned a hardware store in the Bronx and had been unable to have their own children. So they adopted him. Oh, that's how he got the name Berkowitz. They decided to keep his name but reversed the order. So he became David Richard Berkowitz. Instead of Richard David? How good. <laughs> <laughs> It was noted that his intelligence was above average, but he didn't want to learn. He became fascinated with pyromania and petty theft. Pyromania. Is that where you, like, burn shit? I think, yeah. Oh, no, that's arsony. What? No, I think that is pyromania. It was when, like, yeah, you burn stuff. Oh, yeah, because pyromantics or whatever is when you, like... Light of fireworks or whatever. Light fireworks, or you just start lighting shit on fire. Yeah, so yeah, pyromania. You just throw them all the tough cocktails or lighting fireworks or whatever. Because mm-hmm. pretty sure back in the day, you can buy big old fireworks that you can right now. Yeah. Unless you go to the res or whatever. Oh yeah, or go to Mexico where you get the real shit. Uh huh. Because of his bullying and difficult behavior, his parents sought the advice of a psychotherapist. But no legal intervention was ever undertaken, and no diagnosis was recorded. When Berkowitz was 14, his adoptive mother passed away from breast cancer. And when his adoptive father remarried, he developed a dislike towards his stepmother. So I'm thinking that's where shit started to begin. Yeah, probably. When he was 18, Berkowitz enrolled in the U.S. Army and he served in South Korea in อ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่าอ่า
Yep. So that can actually take a lot. And he just came back from the army, so mm-hmm. you know how do you know how people the, those guys were back then when in the army they seen some fucking shit. Oh yeah, I mean PTSD is a thing, but uh, you know we didn't know about it until like recently mm-hmm. that there was a such thing called PTSD. Back then it was like, oh, suck it up and be a man. Yeah, so... Yeah, so imagine you, him coming back to the army. And I then mean, Korea War, that shit was, was like bloody. It was going good at first because, you know, they beat the Koreans back. But then the Chinese came and started fucking up everything. <laughs> so, it is believed that learning <laughs> the circumstances of, of his birth included a birth in... Oh, I, damn, I wrote that way too many freaking times. <laughs> okay, including a birth father who wasn't interested in him and his parents' scandalous relationship served as a crisis point in his already troubled life. It was though the discovery destroyed his own sense of identity. Well, yeah, I mean, you find out that like your parents was lying to you, your real ones. Because he wants to go find him after his adopted parents died or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the stepmom died. Oh, yeah. And then, then the father remarried. And, and he, he didn't like the stepmom. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I'm going to join the army. And then he comes back like, I'm going to find my real mom. Finds the real mom. She's like, oh, yeah, your dad ain't your dad. Uh, you had a different dad. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. That, yeah. That was probably he's probably like, who the fuck am I then? Exactly. That was his breaking point. We are now entering the murder scene. Bokorud's first attempted at murder took place on Christmas Eve, 1975, when he attacked two women with a knife. One of these women was Michelle Foreman, who was just a teenager at the time. Although her injuries weren't life-threatening, she was still hospitalized. After this failed attempt, Bokorud's moved to Yonkers in New York. On July 29th, 1976, Jody Valati and Donnell Loria were sitting in Valati's car, taking about their evening. It was just after 1 a.m., and when Loria opened the door to leave, she saw a man coming towards the car. The man was Bookerwitz. He pulled a pistol out of the paper bag he had in his hand. He crouched down aimed the gun with both of his hands and fired at the two women. Loria was died, was killed instantly and Valentino was shot in the thigh. Borkowitz quickly left without saying anything. So I get, so his first attempt when he tried to use a knife uh, was a failure and now with the gun, he succeeded in killing people. Well, with the gun, he killed one of them. The other one, I think he only shot in the thigh and she ended up living. Oh, okay. So I killed one then, alright. So, as far as we could tell, he's going after women. I think, like, after the whole... Yeah, you know, not liking the stepmom, uh, the lying mom. So... I think, yeah. Heck, we could have found the first incel right here. Because, <laughs> you know, they hate women. Exactly. Uh, on July... Yeah, I read that one. Okay, so... Carl De Niro and Rosemary Keenan were sitting in in Keenan's car October 23rd, 1976, when all of a sudden the windows of the vehicle shattered. Acting instinctively, Keenan started the car and drove off at high speed. They didn't realize they'd been shot until 
they noticed De Niro had received a gunshot wound to the head. It eventually needed to be repaired with a metal plate. Oh, yikes. Damn. Imagine having a plate on your head. Imagine just surviving that. Right, like a gunshot wound in the head. Like, Especially damn. if this is a forty-four caliber. Those are fucking big-ass bullets. Oh, yeah. The next shooting occurred just after midnight on November 27th. Joanna Lominer and Donnie DeMessi were walking home after seeing a movie. And when they reached Lomero's home, they stood on the front porch to talk for a while. A man dressed in military fatigue walked up to them and started to ask for directions. When he pulled out a gun and shot the two girls, Lomero was shot in the back and she and was left a paraplegic? Paraplegic. Paraplegic, that's when you like lose uh, your, like, your legs don't work, mm. so you gotta be in a wheelchair. And Dementia received an injury to her neck. God damn, so he has this gun, and he's like trying to shoot all these people, but somehow he's not really killing them. He just uh, looks like he kind of sucks at his job, not gonna lie. <laughs> but I guess that's a good thing for the for the victims that they uh, that he sucks because then they get to live. Right. But oof, I just can't imagine like the kind of pain they were going through getting shot by such a big bullet. Mm-hmm. Cause right, he's shooting a lot of people, but uh, only six died. So, but it must have been painful because you know one of them uh, left without the ability to walk, and then the other one got shot in her neck. So right. Uh, Christine Fern and her fiance John Dale had just been to see a movie and were sitting in Dale's car, getting ready to drive to the local dance hall. At around 12.40 a.m., shots were fired into the car and Dale drove off in a panic. Fran had been shot twice and she succumbed to her injuries several hours later. So that's like the second person who died. Yep, Dale was... Dale was uninjured. Seems like the men are getting off the hook without, like, you know, just, like, uh, you know, minor wounds or whatever. But it's the women that are receiving, like, the the, the worst stuff. Well, it's like we said before. Because, like, yeah, the mom and the stepmom. Right. All this shit started happening because of women. In his eyes, it's because of women. So he's shooting women and, uh... Well, he's shooting the dudes, too, because they just happen to be in the way. But I'm guessing he really wants to kill the women. Well, remember earlier, too, he it said that the reason why he started killing because the dog told him to. Right. So maybe the dog was telling him to kill women. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe the the owners of the dog, like the women, beat the uh, dog or something. I don't know. It's, Racist you know, dog. I, I think he's just crazy. Yeah, because, you know, I don't think a dog would tell you to kill somebody right what uh virginia voskarichina i don't know how you say that last name Vos- i have no, i'm not gonna burn try to say it. was walking home from columbia university at 7 30 p.m on the night of march 8 1977 when a man carrying a gun confronted her she tried to protect herself using her textbooks but her efforts failed she was shot in the head and killed oof yeah, being shot in the head, that will kill you. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're that close. <laughs> yeah, and books, no matter what they, you know, portray in the movies or whatever, they're not bulletproof. It's just paper. Right. 
like a bullion go through all that shit speaking of like paper have you seen like that one like uh it was like a two youtubers who were trying to get like famous by like the guy told his girlfriend like to uh uh shoot him and he's like oh it's all right because i got this thick old book and it's gonna be funny we're gonna be famous so then she shot him and the bullet went right through the textbook and killed him that's all I think. Stupid fucking people should not have guns. Right. Or like the two dudes that were wearing bulletproof vests and they were shooting at each other, and somebody called the cops on them. Right. Heck, I mean, I your phone's probably gonna do a better job at protecting you from a bullet than a book will. Right. Just saying, because you know there's like metal pieces and electronics in your phone. <laughs> Heck, I've seen. Uh, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I've seen some videos on the internet where, like, uh, you know, in the war in Europe that's going on right now between Russia and Ukraine, where dudes carrying, like, Apple pads or whatever have been saved, their lives have been saved with those things. Because <laughs> apparently, like, the Russians' body armor is just cardboard and not real. And, like, Apple Macs do a better job at protecting them <laughs> than, than their own body armor. I haven't heard of that one. But, um,. I like the one with the, the two guys wearing body armor and they started shooting at each other and then they were getting arrested and it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. <laughs> I also saw like a video where some dudes dressed up like, like bank robbers and got in an Uber car or whatever. It was like a pair of twins or something. I heard about that one, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, like I, some people are weird. Anyways, <laughs> back to our story. The next victim was... Alexander Essier and Valentina Soret. These people have some really weird last names. They were sitting. It's in- America, man. Land of the. It's a huge old melting pot. Everyone's got a whole bunch of names coming from a whole bunch of different places. All right. They were sitting in Valentina's car, not far from her home, at around 3 a.m. on April 17th, when a man came out of nowhere and shot them both twice. Valentina died from her wounds at the scene, and Alexander died hours later at the hospital. So they both died here at the point. One died right away, or I wouldn't really say right away, but the other one did die in the hospital. Oh, so that's like the first dude who got killed. In this case, yeah. Maybe he just hates couples or something, because he seems to be uh, shooting couples. Like, you know, pairs. People's in pairs. Two people. I was going to say that because... Some of them were just friends. Right. There's a couple of people that they were just friends. But, yeah, I, I sort of see that pattern now that, yeah. He's Everybody shooting he's shooting seems to be, like, two people. Or yeah, or a boyfriend or something. So, maybe he just was, like, a, a loner or something. Oof. They should call him the... I don't know what you want to call that. Honestly, uh-huh. I was gonna say, that's what I was saying. Like maybe this, we found like the first incel in history because <laughs> he's shooting uh, women. He hates women, and he's shooting couples. Exactly. And uh, it seems like this time around, he actually killed the dude. Whereas all the other ones, he just injured the dudes and and the women. Sometimes he just injured. Sometimes he killed them. Mm-hmm. On July 26, nineteen seventy-seven, Sal Lupo and Judy Plus Plaquito Placito. We're sitting in Sal's car at around 3 a.m. when shots were fired into the car. Sal received a wound to his forearm while Judy was more severely injured with gunshots to her temple, shoulder, and neck. They both survived the attack. 
They said they had just been talking about <coughs> Son of Sam attacks minutes before they were shot. Oh, damn. So imagine that, the, 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 uh, the timing on that. You're talking about the killer who's going around killing people or whatever, and then he just happens to show up and shoot you. That's got to be, man, like, I don't know. And also, this girl survived three shots in the temple. That's like your forehead, the neck, and what else? And shoulder. And the shoulder. So, the way that sounds like, it sounds like he just went crazy on her. Just went, doosh, doosh, doosh. Shot three times and without maybe, really trying to aim where. Right, he's just shooting without aiming. Either that or maybe uh, the the gun is too much powerful for him. Like, the record is going everywhere. Like, have you ever shot a forty-four caliber? Uh, if you're talking about like a forty-four Magnum, yeah, those things are just like. Was, rip, it, a, rip. was it a Magnum or was it? A I caliber? think it just says forty-four caliber. I didn't hear anything yeah, about it was Magnum. Forty-four caliber, um, but yeah, those fucking bullets are big and powerful. Yeah, they make your wrist hurt. Uh, yeah, you need both hands to freaking hold that gun. Hey, that's why you couldn't like. Maybe he would have had a better, uh, you know, uh, shot with like a nine or uh, f- f- like, heck, even a forty. Smith and Wesson or something. <laughs> the last shooting took place in the early hours of July 31st, 1977. Once again, a young couple, Stacy Moskowitz and Robert Violente, were sitting in their parked car near a park. While they were kissing, a man came up to the passenger side of the car and fired four shots. Both were shot in the head. Moskowitz died later that day in the hospital. Violette lost one eye and suffered serious damage to the vision in his other eye. Man, I I don't know what's worse, you know, getting shot in the head and dying or getting shot, surviving, losing one eye and then the other one you can't really see out of. So basically a dude's blind. Yeah. Looks like he's blind, but he mostly sees like blur. Yeah, because like, this is just a serious damage to his vision. Doesn't say he's permanently blind. So yeah, like he probably sees, but not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like super blurry. This attack was witnessed by a number of people. Because I, I, I think like it said, like early, early hours. So this probably was he did this in the morning time. Like five, maybe six a.m., seven, eight a.m. Something. Who yeah, knows? He did this at a park, so this was public. Because before, he was just doing this, like, in the middle of the night where yep. two people were secluded from, you know, anyone else. Yeah, I was doing it, I said, like, 1 a.m., like, 2 a.m., 1 a.m., yeah, at nighttime. So, this attack was witnessed by a number of people, including a young man named Tommy Zeno, who, ha- who had been sitting in a car parked three cars ahead of Valete. Zeno had seen the man approaching Valete's car... And was able to get a good look at him thanks to the streetlight and brightness of the moon that night. Huh. I thought it said early hours. Maybe early hours meant like 4 or 5 in the morning. So I guess at this point in time, people went to the parks that early, I guess? Yeah, Because I know like nowadays, people just like to sleep in and you don't... If you go like to a park like at 6 in the morning, that shit's like empty. Mm-hmm. And if you go there at noon, it's full. Right. Now the police had a clear description of the man who had been terrorizing the neighborhood. We are now at the timeline of murder segment. So, first one. July 29th, 1976. Donna Lurie. She was 18 years old when she died. 
Damn, that's kind of tragic. So young. Shit, this is, that means she just barely started her life. All of these people are young. Yeah. All the victims. For example, on January 30th, 1977, Christine Fran, she was 26 years old. March 8th, 1977, Virginia Voskorichian, 19 years old. April 19th, or April 17th, 1977, Alexander Esier, 20 years old. April 19 oh, wow, 17 they both the two victims that same time Alexander and and Valentina yep so one was 20 the other one was 18 July 31st 1977 Stacy Moskowitz 20 years old wait I think that's was that the sister the half sister that no cause uh, her name is Moskowitz and his name is uh, Berkowitz I know, sounds very similar. At first, I thought, like, huh, are they this? Are they like related I was or something? Say, was that the half sister? So no, that was somebody completely. Somebody other. else. Yeah. She was twenty years old. So yeah, these people were barely starting their lives, but fortunately, their lives got taken away. Maybe he killed them all in the around the, camp, uh, like around college campus or something, because they're all like college aged. Yeah, but I think he was just mostly. Just walking around seeing who's around and right. start shooting huh? but, I mean it kind of makes sense that they're all so young because you know who's around at, at those hours at those times probably uh, young, young people's yeah because you know people didn't ha- it's the 70s there was no curfews or nothing <laughs> I mean you know in the 70s it was more trustworthy people were like more relaxed or I should oh, yeah. say that no one's it worried about time. Who, being out so late or whatever. People used to have their front doors open 24-7. We are now at the arrest and trial segment. So four days after the shooting of Moskowitz and Valeti, another witness contacted the police to inform them that of what she had seen and heard that night. A man walked past her and looked at her as though he were studying her. Unsettled, she ran home. As she ran, she heard gunshots behind her. So, I think that's like, you know, before she, before he shot the, the couple inside the car, she saw him. Right. And then, he, that's when he, that's when she started hearing gunshots. On August 10th, Police were outside the home of Bokowitz looking through his car windows. They noticed a rifle in plain view. They searched the car. Despite not having a warrant, they found more items of interest related to the case. They urgently requested a formal search warrant, but Bokowitz emerged before it arrived. The police felt they had no choice but to arrest Bokowitz, and they did so at gunpoint so just keep in mind they don't know he did it but they see a gun in his car and they have a hunch it was him but as they saw him about to leave they decided like look we don't have a search warrant but I believe this is the guy we're looking for so we gotta arrest him like right now 
I believe if you do that nowadays, that's going to be a fucking huge problem for the police. Oh, yeah, you know, you do that, uh, you know, uh, that's a lawsuit. You could just be like, hey, he searched my car without it. Exactly. But then again, there's like a lot of cameras now, so back then there wasn't really cameras, so you can probably get away with it. Oh, no, back then there was hardly anything. I think it was like so freaking easy to get away with murder. Nowadays, if you kill somebody, I think you the cops will like find you within like 48 hours. Oh, yeah, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, unless you take someone out in the backwoods or something. No, we're really, out in the man. desert. I just think, like, you know, we got, like, the technology we have, it's like, okay, we found a dead body. What's the person's name? All right, this is the name. All right, we're going to go through their, we're going to go through their text, their social medias. We're right. going to see who was the last person they talked to. We're going to see who was the last person they seen. We can go, literally all they really need is that person's phone, and they know everything they're like okay we can find the, who killed this person within like 24 hours yep heck yeah you can even find like crimes happening on google earth oh i've actually seen shit like that like people like they'll be bored like oh let's i want to check out google earth and all of a sudden they'll see somebody killing somebody uh-huh because they get caught on those satellites or whatever that's technology nowadays for you. <laughs> yeah, so even if so, sometimes even if you go out in the middle of nowhere, you probably got to worry about the satellites flying mm-hmm. in space, taking pictures of you, so they can put it on Google Earth, and then you know someone just happens to go under, they find you, they call the cops. Right. Because you know there's a lot of people who got nothing else to do. Right. They get bored. The detective asked Bookerwitz, "Who have I got?" Bookerwitz replied, "You know." The detective says he didn't know and asked him to explain who he was. Berkowitz turned to look at him and stated, I'm Sam. Oh, this guy's got, like, uh, I guess he wanted to get caught. He's got, like, uh, you know, like those killers, they, they like to know, like, people know that it was them. He's like, uh, you know who I am. The dude's like, no, I don't know. I'm Sam. <laughs> I am who I am. I'm Sam took- I am. I do not like reading eggs and ham. <laughs> It only took around half an hour for Brokerwitz to confess to the shooting, and he was keen to plead guilty. However, he claimed during the interview that he had been told by the neighbor's dog to kill because he wanted the blood of pretty girls. So that was basically the reason why he started killing girls, because the dog wanted the blood of pretty girls. The name Sam belonged to his former neighbor, Sam Carr, and it was his dog that Berkowitz claimed to be possessed by a demon. Despite his strange and disturbing delusion, Berkowitz was deemed fit to stand in trial for by three separate mental health examiners. So I guess they didn't think he was crazy enough. The defense team wanted to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, but Berkowitz wouldn't agree on it. On May 8, 1978, Berkowitz stood up in court and pleaded guilty to all the murders. After further bizarre behavior at his first sentencing appearance, Berkowitz was given another psychiatric examination, but he was found sane. On June 12, 1978, he was sentenced to 25 years to life for each murder. And the sentence were and the sentences were to be served consec- 
Uh, consecutively. So that means he got like 150 years because 25 years to life for each murder times 6, that's 150. So in other words, he's never getting out. Nah, he's going to die in jail. He was, he was eligible to apply for parole after 25 years because of the terms set when he pleaded when he pled guilty. But I guess he didn't get out because he's still in jail. Yep. So we are at the outcome. This was the test results of his crime. So outcome, following his sentencing, Bookerwitz spent two months at a psychiatric psychiatric facility before being sent to Attica Prison, one of the toughest correctional facilities in the U.S., he stayed there until 1990. When was Alcatraz not open there until then? Because I thought that was like the the most, uh, you know, uh, tough toughest uh, prison or whatever. I guess it was because he was sentenced there. He was sentenced well, to Attica, not Alcatraz. Was okay. <laughs> he stayed there until 1990 when transfer first to Sullivan Correctional Facility, and eventually. To Sharmacock Correctional Facility. Damn, so this guy was just going place to place. Uh, it was probably too crazy for any place to contain him. You know, what kind of a person goes around saying, Oh yeah, I killed people because my dog told me, or the neighbor's dog told me <laughs> to. Ma- or what did you say? I said maybe he was trying, no, I was going to say maybe he was trying to get the, uh, like, you know, plead insanity defense, but uh, he refused it, and I just remember that, so that... Mm. I don't know. Maybe he really was just crazy. In 1979, Bokerwitz was attacked by an inmate, which resulted in a slash to the side of his neck. The wound was so severe, it needed more than 50 suitors just to close the gate, the gaping lacer- lacer- laceration. Bukowitz- That's a lot. Bokerwitz would not ident- He would not identify the person who attacked him. He instead said he was grateful that it was a Bokerwitz first applied wait. Instead, he was grateful that it was a Bokerwitz first applied for parole in 2022. You must have deleted a sentence when you wrote this. I think I did. I think I accidentally Because I'm pretty sure he did say the reason why he was grateful. Then again, this guy is fucking crazy. So he applied for parole in 2022. So this is recent. So yeah, he's still alive right now. Dude's gotta be like, what, 70 years old by now? He was born in 53. Yep. But he was denied. He tried again. Oh my god, I, I need to fucking make, make sure I'm Proof free this. I think he first applied to parole in 2016 then tried again in 2022 because... Here you wrote it the opposite. He first applied it uh, in 2022, went back in time and tried to get it in 2016. Exactly. I must be tired. (laughs) Despite reports that he was a... You wrote this before you had your dubby energy drink, right? Exactly. Remember, dubby, it will give you the energy. Make sure to drink it. (laughs) That way you don't make mistakes like we did. And don't forget to use code MASK526 and you will get 10% off of your order. So, even though he was a model prisoner, he was still denied parole, and he remains in prison. 
to this day. Some famous quotes from our David Berkowitz. There are other sons out there. God help the world. So, I don't know if that means, like, there are other people just like him. I think it means there's other serial killers because, you know, there's a lot of serial killers. Here in the U.S., we got the most serial killers. Mm-hmm. Like, 2,000 or more plus serial killers. <laughs> right. Way more than any other country. A possessed dog in the neighborhood won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. I mean, I'm pretty sure that dog might have died before he, he you know, because dogs don't live that long, but uh, I guess. <laughs> Another quote, I am a monster. I am son of Sam. I love to hunt. Then again, he was in the military, so, you know, that's, I, I want to say that's part of his job is to, like, to hunt people down or something. I always had a fetish for murder and death. I didn't want to hurt them. I only wanted to kill them. Well, I mean, he kind of fell in a few of them because he hurt people badly but didn't kill all of them. <laughs> I'd say he had like a 50-50 or uh, success rate or something. Right. I was literally singing to myself on my way home after the killing. The tension... The desire to kill a woman had built up in such explosive proportions that when I finally pulled the trigger, all the pressures, all the tension, all the hatred had just vanished. Dissipated. But only for a short time. And then his final quote, and this has to be the most inspiring quote... The demons wanted my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the demons wanted his penis that badly, so he had to kill people. I want to say, this guy was fucking crazy. I'm surprised he didn't... That they didn't, you know, mark him as a crazy person. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say he uh, uh, fix, fits the category to be in the loony bin. Or maybe when they were testing him, they saw, like, no, he's saying he's just trying to act crazy. Maybe he's just trying to cover it up, you know? Yeah. I heard stories that a lot of people have done that. Like, those right. who are like, oh, I hear voices. I'm going crazy. But it's like, no, you, you don't hear voices. You're not going right. crazy. We've seen, like, real people who, who are crazy and they do hear voices. They're completely different versus mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I don't know how these psychiatrists uh, tell, can tell a difference, but I guess they can. I think only like a psychiatrist would probably get away with murder because then they can act, since they've been around so many crazies, they can actually... Uh, Become crazy. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, that was David Berkowitz. So, what are your thoughts about him? Well... He, I sound like you said, I think he, this dude was really, is crazy because, you know, he thought the dog was telling him to kill people. Uh, he seemed to have like a, a weird relationship with women, you know, the, the stepmom, the mom who lied to him. And it sounds like he just hated women in general. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, he got back from the military. He got the, the news from his mom. So he had some sort of meltdown. Maybe he was crazy. Maybe he was sane. 
I would say he was crazy because if you were sane, you know, he would have killed more people because uh, it seemed like he just started blasting people like without aiming it or like maybe just the gun was just too powerful for him. But I, I would assume if he was in the army, he'd be trained to handle mm-hmm. firearms. So therefore, that shouldn't be an issue. So he probably was a little bit crazy and just started shooting away. Well, it doesn't really say what he did in the military because... Right, maybe it was just like a truck driver or something. Uh, yeah, a truck driver or um, somebody who you know isn't in a combat role, so they don't get trained as much with firearms. Because they had a lot of jobs for a bunch of people, so. Oh yeah, they they had jobs. Like everyone thinks that the when you go into the army, that is just shooting people Call of Duty style. But that's <laughs> like, that's only like maybe like what like thirty forty percent of the actual army that does that does that. Most of them. Uh, don't even do that right and i think back then too um even if you're not in the infantry or you know you're not in the line of going out there i think everyone they still give every single person a gun just in case all of a sudden they get invaded just their proficiency in using that gun is might not always be up to the task Mm -hmm. because when you're in the infantry you, you get sent to the school of infantry where they teach you how to shoot guns better Exactly. Because in basic training, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, shoot a gun at a target. <laughs> and then you go to school of infantry, and then they, they tell you how to shoot moving targets, how to clear a building or whatever. Right. And as far as we know, this guy, he probably just worked at a desk. But again, like I said, they still gave him a gun. Right. Just in case they, like, hey, wherever you're at, just in case you might get yeah. attacked, here's a gun. So, I mean, yeah. We we don't know what his stuff, but we do know that he was in South Korea, so he probably seen some shit. Even if he was just sitting behind a desk, right? His, you know, it's like a, like when like I know in Vietnam, you know, you were sitting at the base, you thought you were safe, and then like the Vietnamese would just attack the base and <laughs> and whatnot. So that was our final thoughts. David Brokowitz killed six people. Still in prison to this very day. And he's still alive. So he's probably 70 plus years old. Yeah, about. Sounds about right. This was a lion mask. And the cat. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day.